Good morning. Our second reading is from Luke chapter 21, verse 34 to 38. But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and cares of this life, and that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. For it will come upon all who dwell on the face of the whole earth. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have strength to escape all these things that are going to take place, and to stand before the Son of Man. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. Hi, please find a seat and also Luke 21 verses 34 to 38 and let's pray. Lord, help us to urgently hear your word and to put it into practice in the power of your spirit for your name's sake. Amen. In Luke 21, Jesus says that the fall of Jerusalem, a scale model of the final judgment of the world, will happen. And it did in AD 70. And he says that he will come back to judge the world, which will also happen. The fall of Jerusalem shows us what the final judgment will look like and tells us that the final judgment will come. So how are we to respond? Well, in verses 12 to 15, Jesus says that we're to tell people how they can be rescued. And now in verses 34 to 38, he says his followers must live in the light of his return and not give way to the temptation to imitate people of the world. So three things for disciples of Jesus to take very seriously. Be careful, be watchful, and prayerful. You see, who were these words of Jesus chiefly addressed to? The worldly-minded Pharisees? The skeptical Sadducees? They were actually chiefly and directly addressed to Peter, James, and John, and the rest of his disciples. Verse 45 of chapter 20. In the hearing of all the people, of all those listening in, like some of you watching today. So these words were spoken chiefly and directly to those who'd given up everything to follow Christ. Yet even to them, verse 34, Jesus warns against drunkenness, dissipation, and worldliness. Dissipation here refers to the hangover and whatever else may follow from being drunk, which along with worldliness, is no way to be ready for Jesus' return. Even to his own disciples, he says, be careful. And also to you and me. Drinking during lockdown rocketed among the over 45s. Be careful. It reminds us to be humble. There is no Christian, however great we might uh, think they are or think we are, who may not fall into a great sin. 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 5 says that we must be clothed with humility and not think that we're standing so firmly that we're not in danger of falling. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 12 says, Therefore let anyone who thinks that he stands take heed 
lest he fall. So be careful, be watchful and prayerful. And first, be careful, watch yourselves. Be aware of the spiritual dangers to which you're exposed in this world. In verse 34, Jesus says, But watch yourselves, lest your hearts be weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the cares of this life. And that day come upon you suddenly like a trap. Now there's a wonderful future ahead for the Christian. Our final redemption, the coming of the kingdom of God, finally and fully. The new heavens and the new earth, where all the terrible things of this world will have been removed. So don't miss out, says Jesus. Don't miss out by getting sidetracked into all that this world has to offer. It's so easy to take your eye off the ball. There are so many things that are able to distract us from keeping going with Jesus. Jesus mentions here, verse 34, being weighed down by the cares and anxieties of this life, worrying about exams and whether they'll happen, the job post-furlough, the house, the planned extension, the new kitchen, fitting a green heating system, the mortgage, the new electric car, the right education for the children, about having enough money for Christmas or for the next holiday post-vaccination. Living for the things of this world is very distracting. And before you know it, Jesus isn't then the most important person in your life. Following him just becomes one of a number of things that are competing for your attention and affection. He's important, but he's no longer directing your life at all in any meaningful sense. And then you certainly don't want to be or long to be with him anymore because, well, these other things of this life are so delicious and so lovely and you want them so much and they become most important. So now you're living for them and not for him. Jesus says, be careful. If that's how life is for you, verse 34 to 35, that day, judgment day, will come on you unexpectedly and you won't be ready for it. And if you've taken your eye off the ball, that day, a day that should bring you so much joy, will be a terrible day. Verse 35. For judgment will, cut, will suddenly come on you as well. So be careful. Be careful to be living for Jesus and not for these other things. Tiger Woods wasn't being careful on the par 3 12th with Water Trap at the last US Masters. He took 10 shots on that short hole. Did you see it? He took his eye off the ball and kept on taking his eye off the ball and was caught in the water trap, not once, but three times and in the bunker trap twice. Suddenly the judgment was clear and on him. He was out of the race and would not claim the prize. No one knows the day or the hour of Jesus' return, only the Father. That's Matthew 24, verse 36. But one point is very clear from Scripture. Whenever Jesus' second coming does take place, it will be sudden. God's servant must, therefore, be constantly prepared to meet Jesus Christ. So again, be careful. Be careful to be living for Jesus and not for these other things. Don't take your eye off the ball. 
Now, please don't misunderstand. Jesus isn't saying we have to be perfect to be sure of eternity. Of course not. Our salvation is dependent on him. The cross of the Lord Jesus Christ brings us salvation. But most of us know people who've drifted away from Jesus, weighed down by the temptations, cares and anxieties of this life. Suddenly everything to them seems far more important than him, and now Jesus doesn't figure any more in their lives. Jesus also speaks about this back in Luke chapter 8 and verse 14 in the power of the sower. And as for what fell among thorns, he says, they are those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by the cares, riches and pleasures of this life. And their fruit does not mature. A friend became president of a college Christian union or CU. Through his witness, his parents trusted in Christ. He then formed a Christian rock band. But sadly, that soon became just a rock band after being tempted with a contract and a tour and then by the on-the-road lifestyle. And then he left his wife and child. And now he's nowhere spiritually. Another CU leader became a high-flying medic, but the job took over. He said he couldn't find a suitable church, and soon he, he felt he had no time for church, as he was working most weekends. And now he has no time for Jesus. At all. So Jesus says, be careful. Be careful that doesn't happen to you. Don't fall into the trap. One key message of the book of Hebrews in the New Testament is don't. Don't throw away your confidence in Christ. Don't drift or shrink back, whatever the pressure. But rather endure. Persevere to the end. Looking to Jesus. So secondly, be watchful and prayerful. Watch and pray. Verse 36. Be watchful and prayerful. Watch and pray is a vital part of how we to be careful in view of the second coming of Christ. Look at verse 36. But stay awake at all times, praying that you may have the strength to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man. That's Jesus Christ. Stay awake at all times. Now, now, this doesn't mean you can't go to bed. Watching or staying awake is about being spiritually alert. So we're to watch, to stay alert. We're to be on guard, remembering that evil is all around us, near us, and in us. We have a duty to fight against a treacherous heart, a world that wants to trap us, and a busy devil. So we must put on the whole armour of God and beware of spiritual sleepiness. That's 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 6. And we're also to pray, verse 36, with the Spirit's help. Watch and pray. We can't do all this on our own. We're to have a constant habit of serious prayer, to daily speak with God about our souls, and we're to especially pray for grace, to put aside every weight and throw off everything that may interfere with being ready to meet the Lord Jesus Christ. Praying for an attitude that seeks to flee worldly sins 
and concentrates on serving God. Praying that we keep on going with Jesus to the very end. And let's be praying for grace for healthcare professionals and former CU exec members to watch and pray, to keep going with Jesus and to resist the world, the flesh and the devil. You see, a watchful person is a prayerful person, praying that you keep going with Jesus to the end. So let me ask you, do you pray? I mean, really pray. And if you do, what do you pray about? Are your prayers any different to the hopes and dreams of unbelievers? Unbelievers have hopes and dreams. You turn them into prayers, but essentially they're the same. When it comes down to it, are we really just putting into prayers the same aspirations as those in the world? A successful, healthy and comfortable life. If that's the main or the only thing we pray about, then frankly, your prayers are just an attempt to sanctify the aspirations of unbelievers. Jesus says our prayers should be about us keeping going as Christians to the end. Look again at verse 36. Pray you'll be able to escape all these things that are going to take place and to stand before the Son of Man, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Your prayer life, if you have one, will probably reflect what your biggest concern is. Our biggest concern, our biggest daily prayer, shouldn't be about having this or that in this life, but about keeping going with Jesus, not giving up, not drifting, making the most of our lives now, and keeping with him through faith to the end, escaping judgment, and to stand before the Son of Man, which means to possess the ultimate salvation of being with him and like him in the new creation, the new Jerusalem, forever. If you're genuinely trusting in Christ, you have been saved, you are being saved, and you will be saved. We should pray daily that we grow in love for him and devotion to him and wanting to be with him above everything else. As we grow in love for him, we'll then look forward to that day and be focused on him coming back and not on the cares of this world. We'll so long for him to return because when we look at this life, what do we see? We'll be longing for that day when there'll be no more disease, no more terror, no more despair, no more loneliness, no more disappointment, no more abject poverty, no more persecution for following Christ, no more death, no more sin. So watch and pray. Watch and pray that nothing snatches you away from the wonderful heavenly prize that Jesus has won for us. Watch and pray that you may lift your head high, verse 28, when you finally see him coming on the clouds in power and glory because then your redemption is near. That's verses 34 to 36, which are so important. But very briefly, let's not forget verses 37 to 38. And every day he was teaching in the temple, but at night he went out and lodged on, lodged on the mount called Olivet. And early in the morning, all the people came to him in the temple to hear him. So as the people did then, let's come to him 
in faith and listen to him every day through his word, putting it into practice, trusting and obeying him in the power of his spirit. How we need his help, his power and his guidance. Do you know what the last verse of Revelation says? And therefore the last verse of the Bible. Well, the book was partly given to encourage God's people to endure to the end, despite what the world throws at us, living in the light of Christ's return. That final verse of the Bible says this, The grace of the Lord Jesus be with all God's people. That's Revelation 22, verse 21 how we all need his grace. Let's pray. And let's take a moment to quietly respond in prayer to God, to bring ourselves before him, to bring others we might want to pray for before him. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. 